Hello, Oakland A's fans, and welcome back to another episode of Athletics Baseball Podcast, episode 16, as we start off February. Last episode was technically the first episode in February, I believe, but this is the first Monday for the show in February, and I am going to today be talking about Mr. 3000, the movie review, baseball movie review, that we have started doing about every month, uh, the first first week of every month, first Monday-ish of every month, this, this month, doing it Monday, today. So we'll talk about that, and then a couple of other little things, quick, quick stuff, uh, stuff around the league, and projections that that people have for the A's and why they may be wrong and why they may be right and just a little casual chat today but first a quick reminder to follow like subscribe rate it rate the podcast give it a five star and tell your friends tell your family and more importantly than any of that is a call to action. I am giving you all a call to action right now. I want you all to go to your email accounts and write up an email, and it does not have to be long, just a couple sentences if you want, or we can put something out there for you guys as a template to send. Send an email to the mayor of Oakland asking her to do what she can to keep the A's in Oakland. And it's a two-way street here, but I think that the A's would like to stay in Oakland if they can, and they need the city to work a little bit with them. It's not all on the team. At this point... The A's are basically just asking for the city of Oakland to pay for the infrastructure that needs to needs to happen for a new stadium, like the plumbing and the electrical and cleaning up toxic waste that has been there that is the city's responsibility to deal with and not a baseball team. So... I'm not going to get into the politics of of the new stadium proposal and everything, but, you know, the A's, if they don't get any help at all, if they don't get anything from the city, then they probably will go. They will probably leave to Las Vegas because all Las Vegas has to do is offer a little bit. They'll probably offer a little bit. The city needs to also offer a little bit. And so far, I don't think that they've really done much. Dragged their feet on everything, and I think that the way for us to do this and get something happening is to just have hundreds, ideally thousands, of A's fans send emails to the mayor, the mayor's email which I will put in the description as well, 
So all you have to do is just copy it out of the out of the description. And you can find it on your own as well. It's pretty easy to find just Oakland Mayor email on Google and there it is. But I think that because A's fans are so sad about losing the players that they like, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Sean Manaya, Chris Bassett, uh, Sean Murphy now. I think that Oakland fans are not taking action in the way that they normally would about this. They're not standing outside anywhere with signs. They're not sending an email. They're not putting it in their local newspapers, writing letters to the editor. You know, there's nothing, and people aren't really even talking about the A's. And it's just because people are are upset that our players are gone. But, you know, you lose a player, but you still have a team. Or you can just lose your whole team and lose all of the players forever. You know, there's there's a big difference here. You lose a player, you're sad for a couple months, maybe a year. You know, you'll get over it. You lose a team... You might lose your pastime. I'm not following the Giants. Most of you probably are not going to follow the Giants if the A's leave. You're gonna you're gonna switch and give up the green and gold and wear orange and black. Not me. So, you know, type type out an email. It's not hard. It doesn't take long. Just say, "Hey, we love our Oakland A's, and we want." you to do everything you can to keep them here, Mayor Tao. You know, just say something brief like that, or you can just copy and paste a template that I will try to put out for you. And you can find some of that on the Instagram, if you use Instagram. It's it's going to be on our Instagram. And we're also paying to promote that post on Instagram to get it out there so that as many people can see it as possible and send an email to the mayor. That's what the post is that we're going to be paying to get promoted and seen by more eyeballs on Instagram. So if you care about the A's at all, and you probably do if you're listening to this, then just do a little something to at least do your part and say that you tried. And there's not that much that we can really do as fans. We just have to rely on the good faith of the mayor and the city council of Oakland, who clearly don't care about Oakland sports all that much. They let the Warriors go, they let the Raiders go, and then rely on the goodwill of John Fisher. And clearly, John Fisher, as we know, is to whatever extent running the A's like a business. He is not going to take a huge financial hit all on himself just to make it happen for us. I don't think so, at least. You probably don't think so either. You know, this this is something we're relying on the goodwill of these people. We need to make them 
understand how much we care and, you know, for the A's, make them understand that we are loyal and sticking around and we're going to be there if they're here and if they leave, we're not going to be there. And the city needs to understand the fan base that is here in Oakland as well. And, you know, if this mayor wants to get reelected and she lets the A's walk, then, you know, maybe she should understand that it would not be looking good for her for re-election if that happens. She wasn't responsible for the Raiders leaving or the Warriors leaving, but this one is going to be on her if it happens that way. So, there's my call to action. You know, send, send the email, and now let's move on to the episode, the movie review, baseball movie review number two. The movie, Mr. 3000. Some of you may know it. A lot of you probably don't. It is not what you would call a classic baseball movie. It's not a timeless classic. It's it's not Field of Dreams. It's not even Sandlot. All right? And it's not a good movie either in the way that Moneyball or Field of Dreams are where they they have just the perfect acting, writing, and story to fold up all together to get all of the emotions going in you when, you know, make you associate like this is baseball, right? When you, when you watch Field of Dreams, you're, you're, you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself, this is baseball. And you're also having flashbacks to your childhood, you know, you're, you're thinking about things in your life and it, it is a good movie on many levels. And it's a meaningful movie. Mr. 3000 is not a meaningful movie, but it's a fun movie. It's a Bernie Mac movie. <laughs> he is... He he was a good actor. A, fun, a, funny, a funny guy. His, you know, his shows and movies that he's in and as long as you know what you're getting into when you go to watch Mr. 3000, then it does not disappoint because it's just a lighthearted, fun, funny movie. And there, there's a lot of fun at the expense of the main character. <laughs> and there's also growing moments. And it, it does make you feel... It does make me feel a little bit... A little bit of that, like, oh, this is this is some good baseball. This is this is good baseball feelings when when I watch it. When he starts to as an, I, I won't tell you the whole story, but it's an old movie, so I won't feel bad if I go into the plot a little bit. He basically retires in his, you know, still in the decent years of his career, right? I think I think 30 38 30 yeah. 38. So he's 
up there, but he's still playing. He's on a team that is in a playoff hunt, and he gets his 3,000th hit. He just walks off. Thank you. I quit. I'm retiring. I have 3,000 hits. I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame. And then what happens? Nine years later, he's successful, still not in the Hall of Fame, and angry that they are not putting him in the Hall of Fame, all of a sudden, turns out they counted one of the games twice. So he had three hits counted that didn't actually happen. So all of a sudden, he didn't have 3,000 hits. And when he was a player, and up until that point, he's got all all this... uh, self-confidence and and more than that he you know thinks that he's the best in the world and no one can tell him anything and and um he's he's very arrogant and so he basically selfishly unretires to try and get his 3000th hit and all he needs is 3 and he has like i don't know 40 games to do it or something for to stay within that one season and you know it, it goes about as well as you'd expect <laughs> thinking about someone uh re- unretiring 9 years after they retire when they're in their late 40s and it, i think it takes him like 20 games to get a hit <laughs> and not good but you know as, as it goes on so there's lots of hilarious moments during that whole process but then as it goes on he sort of rediscovers his love for the game that he had lost back when he was a player. And he also learns how to be a good teammate and takes on the role that he probably should have had later in his career when he was still an actual player of being sort of a clubhouse leader. And it's actually interesting because when I was watching the movie, I was thinking to myself... This is kind of an interesting and good portrayal of what what it means to be a clubhouse leader. You know, that is something that people talk about a lot with baseball. Oh, you know, he's a a clubhouse guy. He's a good leader. You know, okay, this guy isn't the best player, but he is an experienced veteran with respect and good leadership. You want him on your team, even maybe over other players who are technically better. And the movie does a good job of illustrating what that actually looks like and what it means. And something that I think a lot of people don't understand and probably haven't even thought of. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. Um, A little bit of clubhouse leadership on display in the movie as he figures out how to actually be a good teammate and rediscovers his love for the game. And I won't tell you the ending. I won't spoil it that much. I've probably already done enough. Uh, But if you haven't seen it, maybe you should give it a a look. You know, as, as sort of just a a casual, you know, fun evening movie. Sit down with uh, 
with some food and drinks and your family, you know, kid-friendly movie if you if you got kids um and just yeah, have a have a fun, relaxing evening. So, there it is. I I guess I could start doing ratings out of 10 as far as what I I could do, let's see, ratings out of 10 and do I recommend it? Probably most of them are going to be recommended, though, so I won't bother with that. I'll say, I'll decide if I actually want to continue doing this in the future, but for now I'll just say Moneyball, 10 out of 10. Mr. 3000, eh, 6 out of 10. Worth watching, funny, not really a, a meaningful movie. So that's that. And now, why don't we talk a little bit about the Coliseum? Not too much, not too much. It's not going to be the Coliseum Talk episode, um, but just a little quick updates on what's been going on with the Coliseum dynamic and the Coliseum drama, all right? And that's basically last week, the... Oakland A's, uh, John Fisher, the owner, and Dave Caval, the president, I think? President of Baseball Ops? Yes, the president of Baseball Ops at Oakland, Dave Caval. So the two of them went to Las Vegas to do some talking, to, to have some meetings with different important people in Vegas, presumably the owners of various prospective sites, uh, that would be casino owners, and the maybe the mayor, potentially the governor, but I, I don't, probably not on this trip. You know, the governor is someone they would talk to at some point, though, about this stuff, if they haven't already. And it was also pointed out by someone on the internet that I saw, basically that Dave Caval had registered as a lobbyist in... Las Vegas, which is interesting. I mean, he is a lobbyist at this point. He is lobbying for the interests of the A's, for the A's to get a good deal from the state and the casino owners. So he he's already a lobbyist. It's not like he's going to be a lobbyist, but I really don't like to see that. You know, it's kind of... This This is what got me going with the whole send the mayor an email, the mayor of Oakland, and get some positive traction going with, with the city of Oakland. You know, because this process will move on. And it'll move on without the city of Oakland if Oakland does not try to move forward as well. So that was my motive for that, my motivator, and the new mayor of Oakland, uh, Mayor Tao, Shang Tao, who has, she, you know, she she just came in in January, so she hasn't been here through the whole process leading up to this point, but she hasn't said anything about the A's until, like, I don't know what, Friday? She said that she's a huge A's fan, I'm going to paraphrase, that she wants the A's to stay in Oakland, 
and she knows that they've been in talks with other cities, not mentioning, she's not mentioning Vegas, but that's what it is. And then she says that her goal is to keep the A's in the city of Oakland, but not on the backs of the voters and taxpayers of Oakland. That's what she said, and and um, then she said she's excited to go into negotiations with a new perspective and new energy, and she's optimistic that they can move forward. So... If she's... My, my thing is, if she's not willing to do anything for the team to to give any concessions any you know it doesn't have to be that the city of Oakland the people of Oakland have to pay for it out of pocket or anything there can be tax breaks that you can give to the A's for a certain amount of time and there there's a lot of a lot of legal options to sort of finagle a deal for the team here you know, you don't have to just say, oh, raise the taxes, you know, new sales tax. You don't have to do that. Um, there there are ways where you can do, you know, interest-free loans from one party to the other, You can, which has been talked about a little bit. Uh, you can do tax breaks for certain amounts of time, special tax deals and things like that, and... And probably a lot of stuff that I don't know about as well. Um, and so far it doesn't sound like the city is interested in doing anything like that. So that's disappointing and frustrating. And makes it seem like the city really doesn't care that much. Which makes me mad. So, yeah, there, there's that. And then there's the interesting situation that also happened... Um, which sort of led into this. Um, basically, Mayor Tao was talking, uh, did did a press conference with a group, AASEG, I believe. Basically, I don't remember what the acronym stands for, but basically it's a black-owned local investment group that has a plan to put to build a Coliseum City, which has been talked about in the past on the site of the Oakland Coliseum and they they want to put housing and local businesses on the site and they also want to put I believe, a WNBA expansion team and a soccer team, but not Major League Soccer, not MLS, the the level below that, like a smaller conference, basically what I call a minor league soccer team. And I cannot think of... And, and they also talked about an expansion NFL team. All right. I cannot think of anything lamer or more annoying here than than 
this like if the A's leave and the city doesn't really do anything to help them out what you're going to get is you know kick out the team that's been here for 55 years and and replace them with a minor league soccer team no one in America cares about soccer all right you might as well have a i don't know cricket team <laughs> you'll have a similar audience a WNBA team which no one in America cares about the WNBA the NBA is hugely popular the WNBA is not popular to prove this point before people get mad at me if anyone would there the I I looked at the attendance all right for the different WNBA teams there's 12 of them the attendance for the 12 WNBA teams home games average across the regular season they basically range from 2000 fans per game to 9000 fans per game and the Oakland A's had their like lowest attendance ever or lowest attendance in the last 50 years basically 40 48 years there was one year in the 70s where they were just horrible you know the other 100 loss season where the attendance was like I don't know, 3,000 fans per game or something like that. Really bad. But in the modern era, uh, since the 80s and 90s, all right, we had the worst attendance year that we've had last year. Obviously, it was a big news thing around baseball. And it was like 8,000 fans per game. So really low for baseball. And really, really low for baseball, which is definitely, you know, not going to happen again next year even. There's still there's going to be more fans than that this coming year, 2023, and even more in 2024. You know, you, you show fans that you want to stay in Oakland, you put together a good team, all of a sudden you've got 25,000 fans per game. Guess who's not having 25,000 fans per game? A WNBA team in Oakland. That's right. A minor league soccer team in Oakland. Yeah. What What do you think you're getting here? Is anyone, you know, you're going to walk around with a WNBA hat or a, or a soccer hat or, or something? No, no, no one's going to do this. And an expansion and NFL franchise they talked about. Uh hello, you just let an NFL team leave. You let them walk out the door. Now you're going to have another NFL team? First of all, it makes you look absolutely incompetent as a city. Incompetent. And second of all, everyone in Oakland is still a Raiders fan. Except for the ones who are, who are uh, 49ers fans. <laughs> You're not gonna you're not gonna get those people to give up their team. The Raiders are a unique football team too because they're Raider Nation. You know, when they went to LA, everyone in Oakland stayed a Raiders fan. They didn't go they didn't become a Niners fan. They stayed a Raiders fan. Everyone in LA who's a Raiders fan, when they went back to Oakland, they stayed a Raiders fan. 
now that they're in Las Vegas, they're still a Raiders fan. I know lots of Raiders fans. You know, they they didn't stop becoming Raiders fans here. But the Raiders are a team that is not... They're associated with Oakland, and their identity is really Oakland, in, in my mind, and a lot of people's mind. Uh, but they're a team that travels. You know, there there's Raiders fans all over the country. There's not really A's fans all over the country like that. There's Yankees fans all over the country like that. There's Dodgers fans. Maybe a little bit of Red Sox. You know, that there's not hordes of Atlanta Braves fans out there in the Bay Area. You know, the the Atlanta Braves, the, they're a great team and have a ton of fans where they are, but they don't travel well like that, you know? Uh, they're not the Yankees or the Dodgers. Like, thinking that you're going to take the A's of all teams and put them in Las Vegas and that you're going to have any sort of fan base actually going and watching is ludicrous. And thinking that you're going to rip the A's out of the heart of all of the A's fans in Oakland and put them in Las Vegas and that A's fans are just going to go to a WNBA team game or a minor league soccer game? No. You've got to be kidding me. Biggest joke in the world. I don't even know what I'm going to do if the A's leave. I, I might have to stop watching baseball. I might have to find a new team. I don't know. I, they're going to break my heart. That's all I know. So send an email to the mayor if you feel like me. <laughs> I already sent mine, by the way, a couple days ago. So let's do a little something. But yeah, that's you know that's sort of a little little thing about the Howard Terminal stuff and and the little Coliseum City thing. What was funny is uh, Mayor Tao held this press conference didn't mention the A's at all, even though it was at the Coliseum site that they're talking about here, and and even though the Oakland A's team owns half of the Coliseum site, so without their approval, it's not happening. It's not even happening. And then, because of that, that, that uh, sort of paraphrased quote from Mayor Tao that I gave you earlier, you know, how how she loves the A's and wants them to stay, but she doesn't want to do anything to help them stay. Yeah, that quote was only because after that press conference, someone was like, uh, a reporter was like, hey, Mayor, you haven't said anything about the A's. Would you like to say something about the A's? <laughs> and uh, then she basically gave, you know, a in that context, what she said really sounds more like just a, a little quick politician speak, you know, oh yeah, you know, we love them and we're doing the best we can, you know, that doesn't mean anything, show, show me something, you know, we haven't even heard anything about the A's since she took office, she could have just said, you know, oh, I I really look forward to having talks with the Oakland A's ownership group and, and their president and, and 
whoever else and just said, you know, I really look forward to working with them and, you know, we're committed to doing what we can or we want to make it a priority to negotiate in good faith or something, anything, you know, instead nothing, nothing until someone was like, Hey, you're, you're talking about putting someone else in the Coliseum site, selling it to them, except the A's are still here. Would you like to comment on that? <laughs> Just, Oh, come on. What a joke, you know? Uh, just this shouldn't even be a problem. The city is is so incompetent. This should have been this should have been figured out and negotiated twenty years ago, ten years ago, thirty years ago. The A's have been trying to get a new stadium forever. The city has never cared, basically. So. Yeah, that's that's my little rant on the on the stadium situation. I guess just not even going into all of it, really. Just the latest news, the latest update, and I was going to. I'll do it anyway. I was gonna say what I was gonna do and then not do it, like I like I do at the end of every podcast. And instead, I will, I will mention real quick what, what it is I was going to say. Here it is. So, basically, on MLB.com, there's a little, you know, they, they do all these things that try, try and, I guess, keep the hype up and drive clicks and, and all that during the off-season. You know, just off-season, trying to figure out what to do. And, and it's, so it's MLB.com 2023 Team Home Run Leader Projections. Okay? And the A's getting a little bit of disrespect on here. Not anything unusual for the A's to get some disrespect along the way in random ways, but uh, this one is... So, team home run leader projections for the A's, they're projecting Ramon Laureano and Seth Brown both at 22 home runs. And it's not just them. There are projections from multiple baseball projection websites where they project for Seth Brown to have about 22 home runs this next season. So the highest that he's projected to have is 24. The lowest is 20. And that's like, you know, six, seven projection websites. And he's still projected to have a good year overall, a great, great bat overall next year. And I think that he will be good next year. But the thing is... I think he's going to do a little bit better than that. It's not a big deal. It's not it's not even way off, really. It's just, you know, his his first season, first big season full full season call up or whatever 2021 
20 home runs, uh, absolutely smacking the ball. You know, just... He, he had a low batting average, low on base, but he just crushed the ball. He, he only played 111 games, 307 plate appearances. A lot of, a lot of them were, um, were uh, pinch hitting as well. I remember that season. I watched a lot of those games, and he had a lot of clutch hits and just absolutely killed it and totally earned his, his spot last year. So last year he comes up, improves his batting average, 16 points, gets it up to 230, which is where you would want to see more for sort of a three true outcome slugger sort of guy who's gonna who's gonna not walk a huge amount, but get some walks and get some strikeouts and get some flyouts and get some home runs, and his slugging came down a little bit, but his home runs did go up because he played more games, right? 25 home runs. So they're projecting sort of a decline from that. And I think that that's sort of foolish. I don't know what software they're using for these projections, what sort of cal- what sort of formulas or whatever else, but I think it's sort of foolish to think that he's going to get worse because the entire lineup is going to be better from top to bottom, except for his slot. I mean, he might improve a little bit as well. You know, it's generally first season in the majors is the worst. Your second season isn't necessarily the best. You know, you you generally get a little bit better as you continue to play as long as you are in your prime or younger than your prime. You know, then each year you should be getting better as you acclimate to big league pitching and big league defense and things like that. And work with big league trainers, too. Uh, and, And coaches and, you know, batting coach and everything else. So his on base went up 30 points, his average went up 16 points between two years ago and last year, and I'm not saying he's going to be batting for average or anything. He's going to have huge improvements from those numbers this year just based off of himself. He could, but I don't know what he's doing this offseason. However, who you have in front of you and behind you in the lineup makes a big difference, you know, as far as what happens to you. And they're actually projecting his runs to basically stay the same, and his RB the projection providers, right? Uh, his RBIs to go down, and I think that's ridiculous because he is going to have guys who get on base more in front of him. He is going to have guys who hit behind him, and you can't pitch around him. In that case, you can't you can't save your best stuff for Seth Brown when there's four or five other good hitters around him. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that we've got like five Aaron judges on the A's. All right, I'm just saying 
when your whole team around you improves at the plate, you're going to get more chances to get your at-bats in. You're going to get more pitches thrown down in the strike zone for you to actually get a piece of. You're going to get more hittable pitches because they have to, because if if they walk you and they just walk it, they can't just walk everybody, right? They got to, they got to pick someone to throw the strikes to basically. And you know, that it's, it's that simple. He is, I think going to do better than last year because of the team around him. It, the whole team will be better. And yeah, I think, uh, projecting him to do worse it just looks bad on them really you know because it's not uh unless they're planning on making the ball more dead this year you know if they're planning on putting out a whole bunch of dead balls maybe maybe it it will be lower (laughs) no i i think uh that's all i was really gonna say that before that i was gonna you know oh i was gonna say this, but I'll get to it next time. That's all I was going to say. It's not too much. They also say, keep an eye on Jesus Aguilar, who's projected to have 17 home runs, but in 2018 he hit 35, so you never know. That's basically what they're saying, and they also say Ramon Laureano projected to get 22, and I haven't really looked into whether that is ridiculous or not. And there's there's sort of a big question mark because he hasn't really played a full season in a little while. So we'll have to see how he does. But yeah, that's uh those are the guys listed. Uh three guys. Most teams only have one guy listed, but three guys listed for the A's for 2023 team home run leader projections. Now, all of that said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope that you send an email to Mayor Sheng Tao of Oakland. I hope that you have a great Monday, and I hope you had a great weekend, and have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to Athletics Baseball Podcast. Reach me at athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com find me at athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast on Instagram and see you next time